should do some March Madness um, brackets, hit, hit some games. I talked to a pilot the other day about the crashes, and he had some interesting uh, things to say. And we have an email from a New Zealander with some perspective on gun laws in that country that's really interesting, the sort of thing you're not going to hear in the media, the, the mainstream media. The mainstream media has gone crazy over the idea that the Mueller report is coming out any minute. Yeah. I just saw some like weird footage on the Today Show where they had these pictures of Rod Rosenstein walking out of his house from a distance and they <laughs> zoomed in and the, this isn't the jacket he normally wears or here's Mueller in a hat wow. stuff yes. like that. Yes. And, I mean, they're really hanging their hat on some thin info for the whole town and country to be, we're not buzzing, but the whole town to be buzzing on this. Thing. Right, right. D.C. is such a high school. It is amazing. Such a gossip factory. Who's in, who's out? Who's in and who's out of your bracket? That's what I want to know. Give us a couple games, Sean. This is mascot versus mascot. It's the only way to figure out who you think is going to win. Yeah, in a um, in a hypothetical death match. Right. Uh, Fight to the death. We, right. we may have staged some of these. <laughs> Just for accuracy's sake. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start off with the uh, the tournament favorite, the Duke Blue Devils. Yes. They are taking on the uh, the North Dakota State Bison. Uh, Blue Devil is uh, t- way too tricky and beguiling to for any sort of bison to beguiling. be able to, be able to, to <laughs> mount an offensive against. Yeah, uh, you'd think the buffalo would would dominate virtually any beast alive, but uh, yeah, not a, a supernatural, supernatural yeah. satanic presence. Right, Beelzebub. speaker of lies. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. Uh, so now we got the VCU versus UCF. Don't ask me what those uh, stand for. We got the Rams versus the Knights. Ooh, and uh, wow. Rams, you're going up against armor and swords, and he's probably on horseback. That's and it's going to be bloody. Yeah, that's night not a good one. Uh, the Mrs- I got to know how big a ram in that one. I mean, because he's bigger than a broadsword. You've been, yeah, but the thing's coming at you 25 miles per hour. You get one shot. I like my chances. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> you know a heck of a lot more about rams than yeah, I do. I like my chances. All right, I'll withdraw. The Mississippi State Bulldogs taking on the Liberty Flames. Just checking here. Bulldogs are flammable. Yeah, sorry. They get roasted. Oh, wow, that wow. was gruesome. Yeah, that's that's a sad one. And uh, here, we'll do one more here. We got the Virginia Tech Hokies. Not really sure what that is. Versus the St. Louis. Oh, yeah. We're the Hokies. Against the St. Louis Billikens. And, uh, Boy, Hokies versus Billikens. Tough yeah. match. So, yikes. We so, had to go deep in our analysis for this one. A Billikin is a charm doll created by an American art teacher and illustrator. And, a charmed uh, doll? A charm doll. So like a oh, good a luck ch- charm. Okay. And uh, and turns out it's really lucky because they take out the Hokies. Okay, there you go. Yeah. But what's a Hokie? A Hokie is... is... somebody who likes obvious humor. <laughs> right. Hokie, uh, the, it's a Hokie bird is their official mascot, which is a, mm. like an evolution of the turkey, and turkeys can drown when they look up when it's raining, so right. <laughs> it's not hard to... And you put okay. a curse on it with the doll and... Yeah, it doesn't take okay. much luck right, to be again, a Hokie I, bird. I'll... Uh, I'll withdraw. So I've got your greater expertise. (laughs) I have a friend who is a pilot and plane's been in the news lately, right? Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. Because this one crashed a couple of times and I I was asking him about the whole training thing. And I I just wondered specifically why, you know, the plane starts doing wacky stuff and you can't just turn off the autopilot and fly the plane. Mm -hmm. But. Um, you know, what the training is like for that. And he said, you do, do this simulator stuff all the time. And I've been hearing about that in the news. But when you do it, it's almost always you you know what what you're practicing. 
Um, and even if you don't, you have a decent idea what you're practicing. Plus, you sit in the simulator with the idea they're going to do something bad. So you're like really on edge and alert. Okay, so you get in there and you sit and you're waiting. Okay, that went off. I know what to do. And you start doing stuff like that. Uh. When you're actually flying in a plane, and in some ways, the more experience you have, I'll bet the worse this is, you've been flying a plane five days a week for 10 years. Yeah. And not one thing has ever happened because it never does. Yeah. Nothing ever happens. Yeah. Ever. That's a completely different feeling than the simulation of where you sit down. Okay, I know something's going to happen. I'm on the balls of my feet. What are they going to try to get me with here? <laughs> and sure. oftentimes, you know, you even know what you're training for anyway. This, this is, it's funny. It reminds me of coaching baseball where you work on if you have a runner in a rundown. He gets caught between bases. And you go over it and you go over it. Then, especially with kids, then it happens in a game and everybody freezes. And you can see the look on their faces. I know we've worked on this, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's it, and it also reminds me of something you taught me from teachers you've had in firearms training that nobody rises to the occasion. Everybody falls to the level of their training. I actually uh, used that quote. I said that to him. I said, because that's that's why you practice like shooting a gun a gazillion times. That's why Steph Curry and Kobe Bryant launch up a gazillion three-pointers so that right. when it's the end of the game and the crowd is going crazy and you can't even think straight, your body just takes over and does it. Right. Um, you got to practice it so much that you just can't. Even, and that's not the way the simulator thing works. Right. It's more of like a test. It sounds to me like it's more of a test of could you figure this out? Um, but that's a completely different situation than for the first time in 10 years of flying a plane every single day, all of a sudden something happened. Mm-hmm. I, Which I, I know think is nothing, pretty interesting. I know virtually nothing about pilot training. Do they subject them to that sort of simulator training like all the time or once a year, once every two years? Or, Sounds like he know. does it pretty often, but okay. you know, the, the, the shooting three-pointers or shooting a gun uh, example is, in those cases, you're supposed to do it every day. Yeah. So that's just Ooh, muscle memory. And there'd yeah. be no way you could practice that every day as pilots. I mean, it's just un- impractical. All right, you got to fly. Yeah, huh. I, I thought I thought that was interesting. I hadn't thought about that before. The, just the idea that nothing ever goes wrong. Well, you know what I haven't heard, perhaps because it's never happened, is did that alleged software sensor problem ever happen in the United States with experienced pilots? Uh-huh. I just it's it's somewhat curious to me, given the number of flights per day in the U.S. and the number is astonishing. I don't know what it is, but there are many thousands of flights every day in the U.S. Um, it surprises me that it's never happened here, and it just happened in two third world countries. Yeah. But it I don't almost know. seems psychologically to me that a, a newer pilot would be more on edge for things happening than somebody who's been doing it for years. I mean, if you got used to the idea of nothing ever happens, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Don't know. Yeah. Well, and you'd think that Facebook would understand that they need to keep passwords secret. You would think that, but they didn't. Yet another black eye for Facebook, and I'm all for them getting lots of black eyes, because they're bad people. How many eyes do they have? At least at the top. We're getting a black eye a week. How many times is Zuckerberg going to say, we care about your information? We care about the safety and security of your information. Senator, we need to do better, and we will. He does not care at all. It wouldn't seem. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, Senator, our users' personal information is very important to us, and we'll go to any length to protect it. I'm paraphrasing one Mark Zuckerberg every time time he's asked about this anywhere. But time after time after time, they get hacked, or we find out they're giving it away to people for profit, or this latest revelation. Yet another black in the eye, blackened eye, rather, for uh, Facebook. And Dave Alpert of Westwood One joins us now to uh, give you the facts. Hello, Dave. Good morning. Another stunning security lapse. What a surprise. Right. Not uh, hundreds of millions of users' passwords uh, have apparently been stored as plain text on servers at Facebook. Uh and this has been going on for years. Uh, the only good news I could see in this story, the only thing that is not war- could possibly be worse, that they say that uh, these the servers were internal and the databases were only accessible by Facebook staff. But they... Uh, how many people would that be? Do we have any idea how many employees that would be who had access to... Thousands. Oh, okay, so thousands of Facebook employees could look up, and, and you know, for, for for a lot of people, it just everybody's on Facebook. Um, you could just look up their their password, get and into any of their Facebook. It not only Facebook. It also uh, it involves um, uh, other platforms that they have. Instagram is owned by Facebook now. Uh, they also have Facebook Lite, which most people here have probably never heard of, but that's like a uh, low-bandwidth version uh, that's used overseas in mm. third-world countries. And, and that was uh, maybe the most effective. Very interesting. Uh, Dave Alpert of Westwood One, we appreciate the report very much. One of Facebook's spokesholes has said, oh, we have no evidence, though, that any of the uh, passwords were misused. You lie all the time. I hate that. Well, who was that for? Well, most most media takes that and then repeats it like it makes sense. I agree. We need to do better. Oh, boy. So here's a funny note that I stumbled across. So uh, Facebook executive Guy Rosen is usually referred to by his title VP of Product Management. Yesterday, he made a statement on the the Christchurch thing with the the videos going viral, uh, and his title was head of integrity for that. Uh, publish or for that press release. How's that going? Uh, this journalist asked whether he'd been promoted to that title, and then the company just silently re-edited the post back to VP of Product Management. <laughs> so, so I mean, what is that? Wow, <laughs> nice. So, what is that? Wow. All of a sudden, for this publication, I'm the VP of Integrity that I just made up, or someone made up. Oh, you caught me. I'll go back to what I was before. I was curious, so I looked this up at the end of our, our scintillating interview. Uh, Instagram now has one billion users. One billion. That's amazing. Thousands of people had access to your uh, anything. But nobody did anything wrong, Senator. Oh, well, I don't know. Keep Facebooking away, I guess. Kind of fun. Mm-hmm. See what your friends are up to. Facebook light. Except when it's incredibly depressing, according to every study. Light? What's lighter than you showing me a picture of your lunch? There's something lighter <laughs> than that? <laughs> Hell! Let's see. What are we, what are we looking at? Yeah, well, we're good. Uh, for those who get the award-winning fourth hour of the show, now this is in a while, but I'm really looking forward to this. David French of the National Review 
fairly well-known conservative-ish guy has suggested that our campaign to get rid of the pro-cop-killing professor at the University of California is part of the fake outrage uh, of the 21st century. I do not find his argument complete nor compelling, and we'll tell him so, but I'm looking forward to a, uh, an honest discussion about that topic because we have really been against the whole trying to... Somebody makes an inappropriate joke at a conference somewhere, somebody overhears it, and all of a sudden they're unemployed because they put it on the Internet and people don't like that joke. It's insidious. It's a terrible thing. We think there's a significant difference between that sort of thing and a teacher of of young people who's advocating the murder of police officers. That's not fake outrage. I know, I know. And David French is wrong. He must just not understand the story on some level. That could be. He left out in his article the worst quote. And it's impossible to miss if you're studying or if you're curious about old uh, Professor Clover and his beliefs. And I'm suspicious that it was left out intentionally, but I'm surprised that he would do something that um, I don't want to say something while he's not here to defend himself. I'm I'm surprised that that happened. I'll just leave it at that. We'll get into that later. Also, we had some chants suggested. We're going to protest against uh, Joshua Clover. Very clever. Do we have time for this? Uh, Tom suggests you have gay cops rally. You're thinking, why? Well, better chance. Now, all cops could chant, Joshua Clover, your tenure is over. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty good chant. But the gay cops could chant, rainbow cops are people, too. Clover's head is full of poo. All right. That's a good one, Tom. One, two, three, four, don't employ this effing bore. That's not, that's Mm, not. I kind of like it. Great. That's one, two, three, four, throw his donkey right out the door. I like that one. Um. So anyway, I don't the whole like, one, two, three, four seems lazy to me. And I don't like the salty language. Right. Uh, heading into the Clean weekend. Clean up your chance, Tom. Heading into the weekend. I don't know if you have any drinking planned, but it turns out 82% of Americans admit to drunk snacking. You get drunk and then eat things, often regretting it the next day. I don't know who you 18% are who get drunk and then don't eat something unwise. What's the point of getting drunk, which is losing your inhibitions? It's bad enough I'm inebriated. The last thing I need to do is overeat. (laughs) I'm not sure you're actually drunk. You still have your senses (laughs) and inhibitions and all that sort of stuff. Uh, According to the survey, 82% admit to doing this. 50% of all drunk snackers regret it the next day. Half? Who are the half that don't? And, um... Pizza's by far the top choice with two-thirds eating pizza. Followed Love by, it. Followed by chips and dip, french fries, nachos, and tacos. But here's my favorite part. Um, so half regret it. The Followed by 50% say they have stomach issues the next day, <laughs> which is something. I may have spent a month of my life with nacho-induced heartburn. Ill-advised post-beer nacho-induced heartburn. 40% of people say they've woken up with food in their bed. <laughs> I haven't done that. I haven't either. I have, and I'm not a drinker oh, wait, oh, man. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. You've fallen asleep, eaten, and wake up, and there's food in your bed? Yeah. 
Yeah, I am. That. My wife and I disagree with this. I just, I don't, I do, I'm not into eating in bed. I just don't think that's a place to eat. I just, I don't, I'm not an eating in bed person. No, crumbs are terrible. Yeah, for for a, for a variety of reasons. But some people love it. It's like mm. the fair, their favorite thing in the world. Forty uh. percent of people say they woke up with food in their bed. Twenty percent have discovered food in an odd place. I wish you'd be more specific. <laughs> How did it get up there? <laughs> I must have rolled over on it. Oh, man. <laughs> and another third left their fridge open all night. I've never done that either. I did one time when I was uh, in my cups. Put a frozen pizza in the oven. Oh, boy. And then uh, I decided I was tired in the midst of it and had forgotten that I uh, oh. put a pizza on the oven. So, so, uh, sleep being one of the pillars of health, I should really get some rest. I also didn't take the pizza out of the cardboard box. So I put the pizza in the cardboard box in the oven and then took a nap. So really a failure on a lot of levels. Woke up with uh, flames coming out of the oven, so much smoke I had to crawl on the floor to get out the door. Okay. I'm lucky I didn't die, actually. Kids? That's a warning it is your a warning. old Uncle Jack. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Trump's Golan Heights resolution drawing Syrian, Iranian, and Russian wrath. What will happen oh, next? we've enraged those three paragons of virtue. Yes. And Biden, like the Mueller report, still biding their time. And now we've got a new poll. How many parents out there would bribe their kids' way into university? this video yet i haven't seen this video yet have you checked this out oh yeah i read about that the slashing video so you got an ice skater who slashed an uh, my dvr is going crazy you got an ice skater who slashed a rival with her skate while on the ice accused of doing it intentionally does it appear that that's what happened i haven't actually watched the video skate crime hmm it's like uh what was the will ferrell movie Oh. With Napoleon Dynamite. Hot Blades on ice. Of Blades of Glory. Blades, Blades, Blades of Glory. Of glory. Yeah. Blades of Glory. That move where somebody yeah. actually they got their head cut off. <laughs> <laughs> Craig T. Nelson was the coach. That's a hilarious movie. It really is. <laughs> I remember as a little kid watching the Olympics, and they would talk about the death spiral. And I was astounded. I was really troubled by that. I thought, they shouldn't do that. If people are regularly <laughs> killed. <laughs> And my parents explained to me, nah, I just call it that to make it sound exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Now, allies of Syria are getting together to condemn President Trump for recognizing Israeli sovereignty in the Golan Heights. Syria's foreign ministry calling Trump's declaration irresponsible and said the Syrian people remain committed to the liberation of the Golan Heights. Israel captured the area from Syria back in 1967. They annexed it in 1981. Yeah, I'm listening to the various lefty media go crazy over this this morning. And it's got to be Trump derangement syndrome and or just anti-Israeli bias. Geopolitically speaking, seriously, you're siding with Assad the Butcher, one of the most horrific stealers of life of this century, over Israel, which took this ground because they were being attacked from it all the time. And finally, the president said, look, just keep it, which is what they're going to do anyway and what they should do. If they were to give that back to Assad, that would be insane. But the lefty media is acting like it's indefensible. This will make it very hard to achieve a peace deal now with what Assad, the butcher in Iran, because Iran and Israel were about to become best buds. It's just absurd. Yeah. Russia's jumped into the mix, too, saying today that Trump recognition 
in the region is in direct violation of U.N. decisions. Yeah, Iran shoots missiles at Israel from the Golan Heights whenever they can. Yeah. You know, historically speaking, in Syria, please forget it. Although it is virtually certain that Joe Biden is getting into the 2020 presidential race, he hasn't officially oh, announced it yet. That reminds me. Sorry. Go. Hanson, have you posted this yet, the video I sent you? It's the creepy Joe Biden compilation video. Oh, I haven't seen it. Of various compil- uh, 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 confirmation ceremonies and whatever, where he just was getting all gropy and sniffy and weird. Well, and I haven't seen it. Women are, like, straining to get away from it. <laughs> who, who put it together and put it out? Those who don't like creepiness, Jack. The Coalition Against Creepy Old or, Guys. Or was it Beto's people or Bernie's people? Or do you uh, have any no, idea? This video's been out for a while. Obama! <laughs> Obama! This is not a new accusation against him. Oh, no. And now there are reports that, uh, that uh, Joe is considering when he does make the announcement, he may do so with a pledge to only serve one term or a promise to choose rising Democratic star Stacey Abrams as his vice presidential running mate. Oh, Both. nice. Both? Pretty big splashes. Yep. Both pretty big splashes. Nobody's ever done that before. Right. I'll serve one term. Well, that could get a lot of attention. And then the the pledge. Cory Booker went part of the way there by by pledging that he will have a woman on the ticket. Right. But actually naming a particular person, a, a very black woman. popular yep. young black woman from the South. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. uh, Way to come out of the box with something different. Yep. If he were to win, Biden would be 78 when he takes office in January 2021. Sniffing your wife's neck is different, too. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) At a confirmation hearing. (laughs) Those two things aren't unrelated, the two things he's willing to do. It's just coming together in my mind. Okay. So I get it. They're both interesting, but I'll serve one term, and the vice president, who's always in a good position to run, will be this uh, black woman. Okay. Yeah, that's going to get a lot of attention. A YouGov poll taken in the wake of the college bribery scandal that snared a whole lot of Hollywood celebrities and the multi-rich has found that really around the country a lot of parents would do the same thing. 25% say they would bribe college officials to get their child into an elite school. Even more, 34 said they'd pay a college prep organization to take a test for their child. And 24% would pay high school officials for advantages to help their child get into a good school. All right, now, the faking disabilities to get extra time. Reprehensible, unforgivable, sickening. Other than that, as I made clear when this story broke, I'm not outraged. I just think it's fun to see the rich and entitled take one in the shorts. That was my pleasure. The fact that... Rich people, quote-unquote, bribe their way into right. preschools, and then kindergartens, and then elementary schools, and then middle schools, then high schools, and then do it again in college. Does I, I'm not the least bit surprised. Also, I've assumed that. Yeah, yeah, I've assumed that, too. It, um, if my kid was qualified and I could afford to do it, might would be a different thing than is your kid. I wouldn't want my kid to get into a university they're not qualified for. Right, like they don't have the sorts of test scores for. Mm-hmm. In, unless you really just think the whole college thing is a complete sham, 
And it just, that, that doesn't matter. It's just the name. You went there. It's more shammy than it used to be. Sure. Just because, you know, great inflation, the rest of it, they just want to get keep yep. you happy and keep getting the checks and shove you out the door. There are a lot of, uh, I don't know if a lot, there are a significant number of civil rights leaders who are against affirmative action because the data shows that you take a student and you essentially promote them to a college they probably couldn't get into just on the raw scores and grades and the rest of it, and you are dooming them to failure. And it happens a lot, hmm. as opposed to a place they would fit in and, and, and right. you know get their footing and, and get up to full speed eventually. Right, so, be able yeah. to really flourish. Right. How, yeah. how do we not make it more clear to everyone on Earth? You can get as smart as you want to be with no one's help, all by yourself. You can get as smart as you want, especially now. You always could. The, the example right. of Lincoln or whoever. You just go to the library and get books. But now you got it all on your phone. You read all day long. You can get as smart as you want. You don't need that building and $100,000 right. to do it. And, and I would say you can get as smart as you want between that reading and talking to people who will not charge you or will not charge you very much. Right. So, yeah, you, you, could get in, you could get Ph.D. educated. For hundreds of dollars. Is it MIT? I think I heard from my niece the other day that they're against the whole college thing and the way the whole thing works, and they put all oh, their lectures right? online. I think it's MIT. Very cool. They put all their stuff online. Yeah. You can just you can access it anytime you want. But so you know, get smart if you want. I have a feeling I'd watch some of those things. And, yeah. Unfortunately, this MIT is the Michigan Institute of <laughs> Telegraphers. So. But I got to tell you, you know, you do it the way you want to do it, online, isolated by yourself. You miss out on the human interaction and the connections you'll make while you're going to college. Yeah, true enough. Uh, some of the connections were quite pleasurable. <laughs> yes. um, but, but, yeah. Those exist outside of the, the college campus as well. Yeah, true enough. yeah. All my friends but who you didn't don't get the diploma, man. All my friends who right. didn't go to college, yeah, they got drunk and had sex, too, when they were 21. They just what? went in college doing yeah, it. Yeah, we it's just not... didn't have finals next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. How much do you know about amoebas? <laughs> like nothing. I had old class on amoebas. Fascinating creatures. <laughs> Very small. So have you done it yet? Have you uh, just typed in Florida man in your birthday? <laughs> so we got somebody who, who did it, and theirs was Florida man thinks, thinks wife is spider, calls 911. Oh, boy. That's a good one. Wow. It's a, don't do the bad, the brown acid that's going around by the side of the stage. The one for my birthday was Florida man throws toilet through window, which is a good one. <laughs> That's a, that's a beefy gentleman. On my wife's, are not light. My wife's birthday was Florida man shoots neighbor's cat with crossbow. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, mine was unspeakable and will not be repeated. <laughs> you know, I put in Florida man on my birthday, and all I got was a whole bunch of readouts about how Florida man is catching on as right. a trend. Yep, it's ruined it. Yes. You are listening. A meme has eaten itself. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. to tell you how they're changing displays at museums around the country, some of them that have been there for a hundred years. 
to better reflect the changing attitudes of America. Oh, boy, I'm sure I'll love this. Yes, you will. Hey, speaking of things people love, the uh, documentary we told you about, was it yesterday? I think it was Seattle is Dying. Great work by uh, the people at Como News, K-O-M-O. Um, and we have a link at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, and watch a little of it, watch a lot of it. It's absolutely terrific about when progressive ideas are allowed to run wild in a major city, whether it's San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, um, increasingly even uh, San Diego. Um, and, and you have all compassion and no discipline, and you have incredible levels of crime. Junkies everywhere, needles, dirt, just miserable standards of living. Well, on a similar note, and from Seattle, this guy is an American hero. He's an older gentleman. He steps up for comment at the Seattle City Council meeting. You remember one of the facets that we played you of the documentary was people trying to get the city council to do something about these problems and them being non-responsive. This guy steps up to speak at the Seattle City Council meeting, and every single person on the the dais there, I think it's nine people, eight of them are staring at their phones. And one of them appears, because the shot starts behind them, one of them appears to be playing some sort of game on her phone. I can tell by the swiping. So just, and, and the rest is self-explanatory. Listen to this guy. Yep. Next is Richard Schwartz. Every single one playing with their phone. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Um, before you start the clock, could you stop it for a second? I, it's real discouraging to come up here and see all the heads down. It's, it's like, you know. Sir, you, you're on a two-minute timer here, so let's go. Oh, shut up. Knock off the tood, lady. I'm not, I'm not following you. You're on a two-minute timer. Could you start it over, please? No, we're not going to. Just go ahead. So it was unreasonable for you to ask that people look up and give me better attention? Sir, you have two minutes. We're all looking at you. have two minutes. Now you have a minute and 30 seconds. Okay, well, I guess I won't be able to say it. Um, Last week, you limited, uh, this kind of goes to the heart of what I was going to talk about, which was the state of our democracy. Last week, you limited speakers because of the number of speakers to one minute each, but you allowed uh, Amila Jayapal to speak as long as she wanted to. It was four or five minutes. And it reminded me of uh, George Orwell's famous saying from Animal Farm about how all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I feel like I'm being treated now, just because I was kind of asking for your attention. Like, I noticed you all were very attentive to Ms. Jayapal the other, last week. And I just wanted to ask for your attention before I started, and I immediately got a hostile response back from you. I don't understand that. So you don't ever respond to citizens, or what's... I do, sir, but you have two minutes for public comment to the agenda items. Nice tone. Well, it's all on tape, and I think it's a, it's a pretty sad commentary that you think that asking for you guys to look up offer your computers and give attention during this short period of time was an unreasonable thing. That guy is a hero, and well done. That would be the delightful Deborah Juarez presiding. Deborah Juarez, congratulations. Nice tone. You know what? You've done a lot of people a service 
the people who see or hear that video, we will have it posted at armstrongandgetty.com so you can share it with everyone you know. What a beautiful illustration of what government really becomes. Yeah, the tone says it all of, I'm in charge, you're nobody. You got one minute now. Now you've got 30 seconds. Right. Because you don't matter, and I'm important because I'm in government. Right. I make the decisions. I don't have to pay attention to you. Nice tone. I, that That's what drives me crazy about people getting... Some people actually do get into public service and are into serving the public. Right. But you got that tone. You're not into public service. You don't get to call yourself a public servant. A, You're not interested in joke. serving that person. Right. You're wasting my time. I got things to do on my phone. Wow. That is just that's, astounding. Oh, you know, God. you live in a country founded on the idea of profound suspicion of government. You know why? And, and yet, and more and more Americans have this love affair with giant government. Yeah, why? Well, because this is always happens. Always, <laughs> always, always. The relationship always ends up being this: we tell you what to do when we're smarter and better than you and wiser. So shut up. And or we'll bring you a utopia, which uh, just his, never ever happens. His ability to to stay calm in in front of that tone was better than mine would have been. His quiet eloquence is well, it's great. I need a thesaurus in front of me. It's 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 wonderful. It's inspiring. Wow. Ugh. No, you have a minute thirty now. Is it too much to ask that you all pay attention to me? Silence. She stares at him. The rest keep playing with their phones. They didn't even look up. Well, I didn't. Uh, well, one or two might have. It's, but it it's was like a self-directed one... camera, so it's not always on gotcha. them. You can't always see what they're doing. Right. Exactly. And um. Yeah, she tends to look at the guy, although stone-faced and contemptuous. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, uh, you know, I guess all we can do is what we do, and all you can do is what you do. But it is incredibly discouraging to me. It, it's like, you know, somebody I love very, very much fell for a scam while I was trying to tell this person it was a scam. And it was... I feel the same way now (laughs) about people absolutely falling in love with the power of government and thinking that somehow when people decide to make their living in the government where you can't get fired, you're protected by powerful, politically connected, rich unions and the rest of it, you somehow become this saint, this virtuous human being who puts others' needs in front of yours on a consistent basis. You somehow achieve angelhood through a circumstance which history would tell us does exactly the opposite to people. It's just hard to watch. Can you guys please post this on your site? Can we link that at armstrongandgetty.com? Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link immediately, Mike, unless you already have it. All right, cool. Yeah, and, and seriously, share it. You guys are the best thing on the radio, but that city council tape you just ran breaks my heart and makes me sad and makes me want to just listen to music and tune out. That happens to me on Fridays, especially now. And then. Yeah, like, I, you know, know, I know. I can't take any more of the world's driving me crazy. I know. Let's talk up records next segment. Yes. That's always fun. <laughs> Sean, do you have any uh, games for us you can hit us with real quick? Yeah, absolutely. March so, Madness uh, going on right now. So we'll, we'll start off with the uh, the Virginia Cavaliers taking on the G-Web running Bulldogs. How will you predict the winner? I'm, oh, 
Yeah, this is a mascot death match uh, oh. hypothetical scenario. That oh, is, is clearly the only scientifically accurate method to doing this. I'm right. actually rooting for Virginia because they, uh, they, they, the students stay four years and they graduate them in the whole thing. Anyway. Uh, Virginia too cavalier, but go on. Yeah, unfortunately, they, they just don't really have the attitude. They're like, ah, maybe we'll play, maybe we won't. And these bulldogs are running. They're running hard. <laughs> right? right? The Cavaliers, oh, oh, I guess it's another fast break they scored on. So, right. So Virginia's out. That's another one seed. Out. Good, good call. Good call. Uh, we got the Cavalier old... seems like an odd name for your team. The 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 the, the, the Mississippi complacence. <laughs> <laughs> we got the uh, the Wisconsin Badgers taking on the Oregon Ducks, and that is oh. not a good outcome oh, for the Ducks. Feathers and blood everywhere. <laughs> we we got maybe Don't look, a, kids. We got a pillow out of it, but that's about it, right? <laughs> Clearly. Uh, the Cincinnati Bearcat versus the Iowa Hawkeyes. Now, a Bearcat oh. is part cat. Are you but a it bear is, or a cat? It is, but it's part cat, but it is also part bear. <laughs> oh, Lord. And I think weight classes, again, weight classes are a thing the Hawkeyes can't even get, they can't get, get to it. Uh, we got, got the, one shot, clout the eyes. That doesn't happen, it's over. Uh, Tennessee Volunteers, the Colgate Raiders, Tennessee, they're, they're not paid to be there. They're, you know. <laughs> They kind of have the same thing as the, the Cavaliers. They're not all in. No, right. they're, they're whatever. I, I got a day job tomorrow. I'm going. I'm going to put up with this. Yeah. yeah. So, so the Bearcats, uh, or I'm sorry, the Raiders prevail there. And uh, we got the Iowa State Cyclones taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes. I don't even know what a Buckeye is, but it has no chance against a no, Cyclone. No, no. Clearly. Very few things do. Wow, and that's your lock of the week. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Boy, that woman made me mad. I want to meet her and talk to her after hearing that. I want to play that over and over again. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.